Blog Talk Radio. Lacosa Nostra Radio, Open Poetry with Boo and Jay. 
We're glad everyone is here tonight. La Cosa Nostra Radio is a family unit located on allpoetry.com, allpoetry.com, the world's largest poetry community. We have been heard in over 80 nations around the world and over 11,000 times in less than two years. That absolutely blows my mind. We want to thank everybody out there. You, we couldn't have done this without you. Uh, and without further ado, let me bring in the boss herself, the ever-lovely, ever-talented Boo. Hello, Boo. <laughs> Hello there. I never get used to that. It's embarrassing. I know. It shouldn't be. You should be used to it by now. <laughs> Okay. Now, let me go to the phone lines and pull the people in tonight. And um, just writing more down as we keep on getting them in. So, number one tonight, guess who it is? It is Salwa. Hey, Salwa. You're number one. Hello. I had to celebrate uh, celebrate, uh, this great achievement. (laughs) Congratulations. No, I didn't do it on purpose. I just. That's going to be on Halloween. Thank you. Oh, I thought it was today. I'm sorry. I was confused. No, our our two-year birthday. Thank you for bringing that up. Our anniversary of La Costa Nostra Radio is on Halloween. It is going to be a big hullabaloo. we got a lot of stuff that's going on. We might even do a little something. Uh, We might even have a couple things going on that day. So we have a contest going right now. We have a contest going right now. We are giving away a gold membership and a silver membership at allpoetry.com. So we oh, are nice. looking forward to uh, seeing what you guys write. What is it about again, Boo? It's about acceptance. Oh, acceptance. that's great. Yeah. Yes, but what if you already and, uh, have gold, but you just want to write, um, write about it? I guess you can too, right? I mean, if you have a membership, yeah. but you just want to. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah and, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Even better. Okay, thank you. And we will we will be sharing um, those uh, rights on our uh, anniversary show. So definitely um, give it a give it a go. And uh, let me bring in the next caller, and we'll call him number two. Hey Raz, how you doing? Razzle, how you doing, JCA? I'm surprised Hi, I came after Sala. I didn't think I caught yep. him that. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ross. Hi, I don't know. Uh, uh, hi. Uh, oh, goodness. All oh. right. Now let's keep on going because we keep on getting new people on that phone call every, all the time. And let's bring in Wayne. Hello, Wayne. How you doing? Well, doing pretty well, pretty well. 80 countries. Hi, 80 countries. How you doing? We've we got yeah. 80 countries in Kentucky. Yeah. Hi, Wayne. <laughs> you know what blog talk says it's 80 countries in puerto rico but uh that's blog talk for some reason they don't count puerto rico as part of the united states on their map and i don't know why Polaris is at least <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> all right let me let me also bring in sin hello sin how you doing sin i'm all right good evening everybody Excellent, excellent. And we okay. keep on going, and let me bring in Nick. Hey, Nick. What goes on? Nick. What's up, Nick? What's up, Jersey? 
Okay. What goes on? Sounds like a good title for a song. What goes on? <laughs> All right. And let me bring in. Um, I think this is Lizzie. Hello, Lizzie. How you doing? Hey. I'm good. How are you? Hey. Hey. We're all doing pretty good. And I want to keep going on the phone lines and bring in Sticky. Hello, Sticky. How you doing? Sticky. Hi, Sticky. Hi, Henry. Hi, Salva. Hi. And uh, the last. Well, not quite the last person on their phone because uh, I'll, I'll mention wow. that here in a little bit. But Dave. Hello, Dave. How you doing? Dave. Hey. What's up, Dave? Hey, I'm here. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Good. We're doing good. We're doing good. And I want to say right. Irish is on the phone line, but she asked to stay on hold. So everybody say hello to Irish. Irish. Hi, Irish. All right. And out on the board, I see uh, Joseph Moon out there. And oh, yeah. I also see Bo- Bokar out there, which is awesome. Um, and oh, Frank said he will call in later to recite his poem, so that's going to be good. But Frank's out on the board as well. He lives so, there, too. Doing my job. I know. Yep, so that's what we got going on so far, folks. Um, Boo, why don't you tell us uh, about Tuesday and while I get the uh, first poem uh, set up. Okay, for Tuesday, Rockham with Randall is going to have either a poem or a song about your favorite duet or do a duet with someone else or anything duet-oriented. <laughs> it doesn't have to be someone else. You can just do your own, and that's at 9 o'clock on Tuesday. That should be cool. So you can reserve your spot, too. Um, it only takes 14 people, so there's enough time for everybody to get comments, good comments. So hope you'll see you there. All right. Well, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to play a SoundCloud. I want to go ahead and do this one. I'm, geez, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do that one. I, I mentioned Boo. Um, I'm very touched by this. Uh, he's been writing a series about um, hosts. I know your next booth. He he said that as as much, but uh, I wanted to thank Titus so much for um, what he has presented to me, and um, I'll just let his words speak for himself. Earth Angel, JCA, our omnipresence. The property of being present anywhere and everywhere. The term omnipresence is most often used in religious contexts, but this time the Lacosa Nostra can be attributed to a deity or supreme being such as our very own JCA. He speaks of worldwide interest in the show amounting to 80 plus nations and so from nothing did a lot of interest come. Earth Angels is an epic poem, a play and a novel all in one. 
Reticulum is a small faint constellation in the southern sky. Its name is Latin for a small net or a reticule, a net of crosshairs at the focus of a telescope eyepiece that is used to measure star positions. Lead us justifiably, where chaos upon its stands cannot but cancel all. Aesthetics, mind you, omnipresent as in some respects given us inertia. Comparably to humankind, it's become grand an image to be cosmic. Omnipresence holds such a listening device, it becomes more a libretto. Sympathy has transpired to open as much awareness to hail the abyss. Affluent and as far afield, we its finest fragments. So grouped reticular, nothing can allow itself to be called nothing. If within this translation our thing is, we are from the past to exceed as well the future also. So faintly aware are we that form will find attraction, magnetic and bias. The difference of opinion will be void. Then boo, time in the moment. Reticence no more. Given our precious time shall illuminate from so far away. It's possible new worlds exist to listen in. You can call it nostalgia. Join us in the spirit of the word that happiness will find for you this hudge. Carry this torch for many a light year, never to lose sight of the aesthetic. Acronyms are we who have cherished one another within this mantra, one and all. Well, first of all, I'm 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 um, just uh, floored by this. Um, I, I appreciate what he's done, he's done, and I think it's just absolutely spectacular in its artistry and its composition. Um, I'm going to we're we're going to get some people out of here that need to read and run, but I want to give Titus his due here. Um, so, um, Selwa, I know you are a huge Titus fan. So, <laughs> what do you got to say about? Oh. This is really very. Um, I can't find my words. You, you really gave you great tribute because you deserve it. You have your. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Like your presence in the show definitely is there, um, and he not only talked about uh, how you really is present in the show, but how you make it happen, and also how all of us come together this place like he doesn't really no judgment no opinions just love and everyone together we sing the mantra I think this is a really great message that um, I do see here and uh, doesn't matter what opinion some other places they might block you for your opinion or they might uh, not allow you to speak what you want to say so that's something very appreciative with respect of course um, and uh, he was right on this. And I really like this uh, idea of all of us singing the same mantra. Very peaceful, 
And that was the way it's supposed to be. It's a message for not only La Costa, I suppose, like, I really feel like it's universal. Um, that's the way it should, have, should be, but it's not, unfortunately, all the time. Very well-deserved for both of you. Uh, you and Boo, thank you. Great week. Thank you so much. And, it's and my favorite, my, I, I, did, I do say my favorite part of the whole poem was, the difference of opinion will be void. Then, boo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. It made me laugh. So funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was listening. I was listening to it without the words the first time that I heard it. And and when he said that, I'm like, did he say? He, did he just say boo? He did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. Yeah, made me laugh. All right. Let me uh, ask uh, Dave what he thought. Oh, man. <laughs> um, this is amazing. Uh, I have to agree with him on what he has to say about you, JTA, but uh, you and Boo. But, uh, you know, when I when I was listening to this, I thought, Dave, you don't know how to write it all. <laughs> You're a ranting gentleman. Compared to this gentleman here, I mean, Holy cow! It just blew me away. Uh, it was like it was like somebody reading to me out of a out of a uh, like something like on a scale of like Moby Dick or or, or something like that a, a, a masterpiece. You know, it really it was just amazing. That's all I can say. It's just amazing. It took a word right out out of my sails. You know, <laughs> well done. All right. I want to hear. I want to hear the teacher, uh, Sticky. What do you think? Oh, oh gosh, I, that was incredible. I loved the music he put behind it. It had this like ethereal mm-hmm. feel to it that was beautiful. Yeah. And I loved the ode to you in the beginning about like the, the I remember lead us justifiably, and I thought that was that was such an interesting way to put it, and so true. And I. I really like the idea that he's talking about like LCN, like opening the mind to greater things and higher thoughts. And like, I really do agree, you know, like your comments, Jay, in particular are like enlightening to me. And Raz almost always makes me see a poem in a different light from the comments too. So like, not just the poetry, like the whole, the whole interaction, you know what I mean? Has that quality to it that he captured in a really cool way, in a really, really cool way. I, and I loved the, the references to inertia, uh, magnetism, things like that. I, I thought that those metaphors were really, really, really beautiful and strong and accurate. You know, it captures how I felt, too. It's great. Well, you know, it, it is. Um, I'm going to let um, Nick have the last say, and then we're going to put uh, Nick's um, poem on the board. You know, the whole time I was listening to it, uh, two authors came to mind as far as how it sounded. Um, The first one was Ernest Hemingway because of the immense detail and uh, meticulous use of words that uh, he used. Um, And the other one was the way it sounded and the accent of his voice. It it sounded very cosmic is the word I would um, use. Kind of like you could you could describe space in the same way, and the other author I could uh, use would be L. Ron Hubbard, and uh, I think that those that that story um, was really 
something. It was a, um, what's the word? It was a an experience. <laughs> you, you you almost made 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 it sound like Carl Sagan there, you know. <laughs> billions and billions of stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very cosmic. You're right. I, I, I agree. All right. Thank you, Titus, for that. It's amazing, and I really appreciate that. All right. Nick, you are on the board. All right. This is uh, another poem for Ashley. Um, this is called I Can't See Your Heart, But I Know It's There. Wait, wait. For, first of all, everybody say hello to Ashley. Hey, Hi, Ashley. Come on, everybody. All right. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. <laughs> all right. Um, she she really liked this, so I'm going to read it. It goes, my dearest Starlight, it's been a while since I've written you a letter, and now I lay here, half-dressed with you on my mind. I know you're worried, but don't be. Everything will be fine. I know these feelings I have will carry this time. Uh, it will pass in time. It's not you, it's me. Cliché as it seems, it's completely true. The only one I want is you. We're both victims of circumstance, and the paths we chose are the only thing that makes this romance hard. Don't worry, though. We're together, no matter how far apart. Age, weight, looks, they don't matter. Your hooks turn me deep. So as you fall asleep, know that I fell in love with your heart most of all, and that's the one part of your body I can't see. Love your archangel, your knight in armor shining, and poem. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There you go. There you go, Nick. Just absolutely bringing it in and bleeding it onto us. And uh, awesome tribute to Ashley. You're very lucky. And Nick, I'm glad you have found someone that has uh, brought a smile to your face, which is just awesome. And uh, I can see the glow in in your words, which is absolutely amazing. It is great. And um, let me get a comment, first of all, from – let's start with Lizzie on this. What do you think, Lizzie? Yeah, this was really sweet and romantic, and it's definitely a very true um, thing. I mean, for us, the best best love in the world, the truest love in the world is the love of of a heart, not what somebody looks like because that's only temporary and – you know, you, you can't fall in love with what somebody looks like, but to fall in love with the person's heart, the one thing that will never change, the one thing that you will never actually see or even hold in your hand, but that's the truest love, and you c- captured that really well in this poem, and she's a very lucky girl to have this, so this is very beautiful. <clears throat> Thank you very much. One wonderful comment. And let me get a comment from... Wayne, what do you think? I wrote, um, sound like you found the perfect mate. You two should be together permanently, and I like, and I wish you both the best. Good job, and I like the positivity shown in this poem. You did a good job in expressing your feelings, and I love it a lot. It's a good job. Where you go, Nick? Thank you. <laughs> All right, and let me get a comment from Raz. Yeah, this only shows the miracles of love 
when you're living in different state, having a long distance relationship, and you feel like that person is always there around you or with you. So it's a powerful piece at that when professing uh, the kind of love you can find uh, anywhere because it's literally everywhere. Um, thank you. If you guys want to go look at her poetry and some of the stuff she's written for me, uh, her username on this side is Ashley Starlight. All right. You, you can have her. You can have her apply here. You know that. I know. She. I, I asked her, and she's she's shy. Okay, oh. that's fine. And no, also, uh, <laughs> Sin, you get the last comment, and then we're putting your piece on the board. I, I well, Nick, I gotta say, it's an endearing poem, full of compassion and honesty. You're lucky to have found such a light. Uh, hold that light dear. And near a minute. Thank you. Can grow along. Thank you. All right. Thank you for bringing that, Nick. I really appreciate it. And Ashley, thank you for listening. All right. All right. Sin, you are up. All right, let's shift gears. Obscene declarations. Because fucks pick the most stagnant holes, growing insanely spasmatic, gray and cynical, walking sideways in swirling lies, always searching, brown pose and rolls like jello. President's gone. She's like a yeast infection that won't vanish, disgusting aroma. Trees dramatically grow into snakes all about me, devouring poisonous fantasies, rapidly ascending my legs. Explicitly, with vigorous sensation, I scream silently. Thought the grand strategist, yet lacking a plan. Redundant questions. Forecasting a lifeless dream, I find false sanctuary. Backward season, blur and miss such ludicrous worlds. She urinates us into bizarre new discoveries, brazen. Pungent and translucent dimensions secrete wicked illustrations. Atrophy tears. Rhythmically with passion, organs boom, chaos on me. Peacefully lying on soft ground near tabletops marching. Amazing how minds grab spines, crushing skulls lively. Bulging blue eyes, ejaculating us into numb violence. Parallels dividing. Surrealistic visions suck you in with punctuality. Hush now as I weave your deepest desires blindly. Ivy draping the windows brightly adorns dead scenery. It opens the staircase to your institutionalized soul so crazy. Casual dyslexia. Tirelessly walking in puddles of mud, I saw mixed messages. Crowned idiot king, I ride stallions and anorexic girls. Found oneself lost in rainforests of awkwardly placed pleasures. With or without you, these masses are found flatulent. Serenades to awaken. Colliding simulcast swirling in routines of lustrous entities. Questionable such persuasions, you must earnestly agree. Cries like crystal waters, I tongue bitter and sweet. Misery embraces pain with suppleness, your juices, I mouth. Rapidly extreme. Burning now, fields of blood house notorious disdain. Oval circumferences transferring massive pity lit up on display. Soon we'll find ourselves flailing naked under solar eclipse skies. Salvating locusts break years and utopias of shame. Curtain calls don't negotiate foul seas. Twisting aimless, torn sails this vessel came to be. Declarations ensnaring your cortex into obscenities. No longer speculating on who I am or what's left of me. End peace. I, I got to say that I think I, I know this lady that you're talking about here. <laughs> there, there was 
there is some yeah some definitely uh in your face uh attitude and uh, you you absolutely brought it especially and it can only be read by you that's all i'm saying something like this can only be read by you because it just layers upon layers upon layers and like i said the, the that beginning my gosh um talking about she's like a yeast infection that won't vanish oh my goodness there you go yeah i've i've known that lady I have known that lady before. And before we get more comments, let me welcome to the show uh, Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? Hi, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hi. Hey, everyone. All right. I know who the first person I want to get a comment for Sin is, and that that happens to be uh, Raz. Raz, what do you think of this? There's a complete surrealistic touch using the metaphors in this poem. It's called Epstein's Declarations. I think it's just speaking on our general state of uh, never getting together or really having all that much more concern for our neighbors or other members of society because we lead selfish lives. That's all part of the American dream to indulge in your own freedom. And so from uh, this constant state of separation and disconnection, you have uh, this kind of thinking of what there is to those you would have rather have ever gotten some thought sometime in the crowd or at some other random moment in your life. Amazing comment. And let me let me next get a comment from Dave. Oh brother. <laughs> well, this sort of left me in the dirt. Uh but I really liked all of the uh all of the uh descriptions in it and um <laughs> I like the second stanza here. It says devouring poisonous fantasies rapid rapidly ascending my legs. Explicit with vigorous sensations, I screamed silently. Thought the grand strategist yet lacking a plan. <laughs> the whole thing just uh, uh, just pretty amazing, you know. When you read the whole thing, and, and especially the way he read it, um, I liked the way he did that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting poem, even though I didn't understand much of it. But it was uh, pretty cool, <laughs> nonetheless. I liked it, so that's that's what counts. Is if you like it or not, so yeah, it's good. Right on, yeah. Go for the ride. Yeah, that's all I ask. Thank you. All right, let's try to let's try to get a teacher to to decipher this for us. Sticky, what do you think? I thought this was amazing. <laughs> I, I really thought this was amazing. I was attracted to that same line that you brought up, Jay. The She's like a yeast infection that won't vanish, <laughs> disgusting aroma. I like the smells in this poem, the stinky smells, like all the way through this <laughs> poem. And I, I really, really like devouring poisonous fantasies, rapidly ascending my legs. I thought that was really, really cool and just creepy imagery. And I loved, I felt like it might be speaking to, since Tom is rad, I felt like it might be speaking to like, like a larger thing, almost to Mother Nature when you talk about, where is it? She urinates us into bizarre new discoveries, brazen, pungent, and translucent dimensions, secret, wicked illustrations, oh, secrete, wicked illustrations. 
And the idea that she urinates that into bizarre, it just reminded me of origin myths of gods or goddesses, you know, sneezing the world into existence or bringing the world into existence in some way and that she urinates us into bizarre new discoveries. I thought that was just really cool. But your poems always get my mind reeling. Every other line is something that I want to pause and ponder on for a little while, you know, and the, the pace at which you read it. I feel like you intentionally don't allow us to do that. Do you know what I mean? And that you're like, come on, keep up. And the, the flow of it gets across your meaning just as well as if I had stopped and pondered on each part, you know, I, I, it really is, it really is interesting and the rapid fire way with which you read it really is fascinating to me too. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, Sticky. Uh, that's that's an interesting. Right. Thank you. Awesome. And I'm going to give one last comment to Wayne and then we're going to drop Wayne's piece onto the board. Okay. Well, my first thought, my first thought was, uh, oh my God, and then I started laughing, and uh, whoever she is or or it was, the two of y'all belong together. And call me, and I have you two over for dinner. And I said, this is insane, and you read it, you read it wonderfully. And uh, does she have a sister? I love it. <laughs> that's my, that's my comment there. <laughs> okay. All right, Wayne, you're on the board, my friend. Okay, this is a little bit, little bit on the abstract side. Maybe you'll figure it out by the end of what I'm talking about. It's called The Cure of Medicine River. It goes like this. Darkness so deep, no escaping mystifying nightmares. Frightening to sleep, I pray, but seems nobody cares. Daybreak awakens hidden shadows, I cry and shiver. God help me as I struggle to find a way to Medicine River. Roar of water, stumbling down mountain snow, front snow, giggling mood of river. Determines how she'll flow. Hypnotic action. As soon as the smooth worn rocks appear, shooting sun beams, beams to protect me as I get near. Stagger down, double vision path, thirst from hell, well worn trail, fingernails like broken seashell. Taste all the sweat, dizziness, hindering think. Still have hope to make it a medicine river to drink. Find my way to water's edge, water across face, small sips from hands. Think up down bitter taste. Sit by favorite boulder. Vision becomes clear. With two with a couple more drinks, I find nothing to fear. Admire crystal blue water as I've done for years. Thank Medicine River for chasing away my tears. No more sweats or chills. Amazing how good I feel. Watch flowing river come down from Arsenic Hill. In. Wow. I'm I'm taking a look at this. I think that 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 la- when when you talked about um, that last line, really caught me off guard. I, I I'm just like red red red, and then said, "Watch flowing river come down from Arsenic Hill." It's like you know, you, you're looking for this thing that's going to going to heal you, heal you, heal you, when all it is is a bunch of poison uh, to begin yeah, with. It comes to the arsenic. He's really got yep. to the Darcy, and he's in, he's in withdrawals every night, and every day he gets up thinking it's curing him, but it's making him sicker. But he thinks he's getting better because it cures his always withdrawals. Exactly, and that's what I that's what I see here, and it's especially we can go back in time uh, to the 1800s. They used to use all this stuff as medicine, and they used right. to consider all this stuff was medicine, uh, arsenic. 
they used to give uh, stuff like uh, cocaine and opium to children uh, to try to try to help them with pain and or try to help them sleep. They, they would give them an opium uh, opium drink to try to help the children sleep. Problem is, a lot of the times they never woke up. Um, and that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's like you brought us back to the 1800s where they would give these people uh, some type of concoction, some type of snake oil, some something that just isn't quite working, isn't going to work right for them, but they think it's working for them, and it's more in the mind than anything else. So wonderful poem, Wayne. I, I love the uh, the historical kind of feel to it. So it is amazing. Lizzie, what do you think? When you got when, – when you... You can go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> okay, I was say, I say when you got withdrawals from something, you, when you got withdrawals from something, you take that to get, get rid of the withdrawals. You think it's helping, it's helping you. Well, really, it's making you worse. But he's getting, he's got withdrawals so bad every morning. He has to have drink some more of the arsenic to get a, get rid of the withdrawals. So he thinks it's helping, but it ain't helping him out. It's really hurting him worse. So that's what it's all about: is withdrawal. So absolutely, mm-hmm. come in. All right, Lizzie. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a, a great piece um, capturing the whole um, <clears throat> withdrawal symptoms that people go through. I, I mean, I had plenty of family members that have been, you know, addicted and have gone through withdrawals, and it's not a pretty thing, and it's, you know, they suffer like hell through it if they don't just run back and try to get it again because they rather, you know, get high again than to have to go through that pain again. So you captured this really well, and, and you did a great job of doing it. <clears throat> All right. I want to say hello to Rob Cohen out on the board. Hello, Rob. Glad to see you out there. And okay. let me get a comment from Patrick. Okay. I really like the competence of God and hell. I thought it was, I mean, it's, yeah, I thought it was very, I just liked the way it was written. Um, it was really light to it, and it gave it a subtle charm. And it was really good. Appreciate it. Awesome. Sin, what do you think? Well, I thought uh, this is actually an excellent poem. He said to have a hard time following it. I thought I thought I followed it completely and utterly to the T. Uh, I thought you wrote it excellently. Um, you did a wonderful job here, Wayne, uh, telling the story of someone you know coming off of something, looking for looking for assistance and help, and getting getting it. Uh, but all the wayward travesty that befalls in, in, in that search. This is an excellent poem. I think you did a wonderful job. It's one of the, one of the best uh, so far that I've heard you read. Thank you. Yeah, great poem, Wayne. Awesome. Yeah, Boo, you were going to be next to comment, and then we're going to put your uh, poem on the board. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Sin. I think this is one of your best poems, and you make it real, and you bring us there. And for those that have been there, can relate and it's poetic and it's deep. We're so used to you with the funny, you know, you can be deep and write beautifully. This is awesome. I love it. Thank you. Appreciate our coming. All right. I also want to say hello to Tilo and the board. And Boo, you are up. Okay. 
okay? It's called um, God Forsaken, okay? It was like this. Forgotten inferno blazes on cracked, worn skin, entwined in wails and deep, sunken moans that labor in pangs of anxious moments, which last for hours and are only ever suspended by short fits of shaky, secondhand sleep. Beauty and its former entitlement simply derailed, shattering unnumbered patterns and lost yet leaving the void of what if, scorned and eulogized, even though that was really no better. When grand vistas are moved by heavenly earth or demonic desires, the clouds are blown east towards the sea, and very lifted veracity speaks. In prose, shameless truth speaks fraudulent within deceit. We look deeper and rediscover ourselves in the most raw state. We're here so that the past has a chance to dissipate. Chalk it up to miscommunication, serendipity, anticipation, blurred reality, lost in the dialect of a dream in pursuit of perfection and company, subversion of insincerity. What's it all about? To know and be known is not all it's cracked up to be. End poem. I think I commented uh, on this uh, talking to you earlier, Boo. Uh, That ending is definitely something that... um, that we can all relate to, to know and be known is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, We let ourselves, our defenses down before certain people. And as we let those defenses down, we become more, more and more vulnerable. And we see those people as somebody that um, possibly could be someone we could trust when, you know, we, we have to really see the the people who walk the walk and talk the talk. So there is so much, so much depth in this poem. And once again, an, another classic and amazing example of your free verse, uh, which is uh, just wonderful, Boo. You, you've done such a wonderful job with this. Let me get you some comments, and I want to start with Selwa. Selwa, what do you think? I love this this poem. It's totalistic. It has so much emotion, so many messages. We layer and layer of messages. Um, my, my, I like the ending, supervisional and sincerity. What is it all about to know and to be known? It's all cracked up to be. You always do an amazing ending, but I love the whole poem. And another one. Um, impose shameless truth speaks fraudulent within the seats. We look deeper and discover ourselves in the most raw state. It's so true. And these experiences that maybe be deceiving, but we learn. And um, even like Jesse said, we are vulnerable, we, are, we, we trust, but then it teaches us lessons of being stronger, not to trust uh, everyone. And it's uh, really you did an amazing job. I feel like I relate in this poem so deeply. Touch me and move me so deeply because I know what I love about you, Boo. You're just genuine and sincere of what you put down there, and you don't shy to say it. Thank you, Alex. My pleasure. And let me get a comment from Sticky. Did you say Sticky? I said Sticky. <laughs> Yay! Okay. I have things that's so gorgeous. Honestly, Boo, I think this is one. I think this is, might be my favorite poem I've ever read of yours ever. 
I think it is so gorgeous. And I agree, those last few lines, to know and be known is not all it's cracked up to be. It honestly, it reminds me of Shakespeare a little bit. It really does. Just those final lines yeah. are so powerful and so beautiful. And I really love um, just the metaphors, the shaky secondhand sleep. I love that. And I love the the sunken, the deep sunken moans that labor and pains of anxious moments. I love that little description so much. And then I love, I loved how the void of what if is scorned and eulogized, you know? And I, and I felt like you were saying that poetry can be a tool to help you deal with the past and deal with the, I don't know, in a way, like help you put the past behind you, you know? And right. the whole ending about um, callous irony and lost in the dialect of a dream, you know what I mean? And I feel, I don't know, I just feel like it's a poem about lessons learned. Do you know what I mean? And, like, you're coming to conclusions. And I feel like many of your poems are asking questions. And I feel like in this one, you're giving answers. And they're the right answers. And, I don't know, there's something so satisfying about this poem to me. I'm going to read it ten more times tonight, probably. Yeah, I thought this was gorgeous. <laughs> Sorry for rambling. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Sticky. You rock. <laughs> All right. Here, Boo, I'm going to read this from the board. This is what Joseph Moon said. Love the honest depth here, Boo. Raw and poignant free verse poem. I like the style genre for you. Free and free verse. Okay. Dave, uh, what do you think? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with what Sticky said about this. I think this is one of her best ones yet. I mean, I say that about a lot of her stuff. But every time she posts something like this, um, I go, holy cow. Um, I like this one. Uh, if I can find it here, uh, it's it's one where it says that uh, the clouds are blowing east toward the sea. I like those two lines in there. It, it, it's kind of telling because, you know, if you're down to the coast, <laughs> I take things literally. <laughs> if you're down to the coast and the, the you've got a westerly breeze, an onshore breeze is coming in, it brings the snow of the sea in with you and stuff. Whereas if you're down there and you've got an east offshore breeze, um, you smell all the crap and the garbage that's accumulated in that front as it comes across the land. And and um, so I, I like those two lines in that in that uh, stanza right in there. And um, in prose, shameless truth speaks fraudulent within deceit. Um, you know. When we when we get involved in in a relationship with somebody, uh, we always, you know, you, there comes a time when you have to, um, you know, just give your heart up to them, you know, and and that you have to learn to trust people, and, and, and sometimes you don't get it back. Most of the time, you don't get it back. Um, it's a uh, it's a painful thing, but. Uh, you, you just got to keep trying, too. And uh, I thought this was really well said. Um, you know, it's just an amazing uh, bit of uh, poetry here from our lady. <laughs> well done, Boo. Very well done. Thank you. Thank you. Sin, what do you think? Uh, I, thought, I, I was hoping you'd ask me. All right. Boo told me she was going to do the free verse, and she was all – Nervous about it. Never be nervous about it again. 
is for one. Now, in this poem, it, it, to me, it's my interpretation of it, it's all about change and accepting change and moving forward. And, and you know, change is a, is, a, is a tough nut to crack, but, and it, it's weighted with many insecurities, but in it, when we have that change, we find freedom and, um, you found that freedom and you found a free verse and you, you're moving up. Uh, did a great job. Excellent job. One of your best poems. Fantastic. Right. Thank you. And I was going to give one last comment to Raz. Yeah, I would uh, agree with uh, sticky fingers on how, Perfect of a quote the ending of this poem. Subversion of insincerity, what's it all about? No one be known, not all it's cracked up to be. It shows a kind of a wry sense of humor at the very fact that we uh, cannot sometimes figure out all our own personal problems. Great comment. All right. Let me Thanks, put uh, Selwa's poem up next. Selwa. Okay. Okay. I was, I was commenting on Boo, but I'll <laughs> comment, finish later. <laughs> um, okay. I was going to put another one, but I guess I'll, do, I'll leave it for Wednesday. There is one I just throw today that uh, something sad happening in Netflix, but it's fine. Um, her fear remains. Les années ont passé, sa tristesse demeure cachée derrière son grand sourire. Et à la nuit, les yeux rient et pleurent comme dans un rêve. Sa détresse la déchire et son âme est sanglante de soucis, espérant les jours à venir de la sans guerre souffrir. Elle a tant souffert, souffert jadis. Son cœur ne s'est aimé un amour pur, elle a tout donné. Tu as offert que des miettes de tendresse et tant de douleur. Libre, elle demeure comme une belle hirondelle blessée, essayant de voler avec crainte dans un beau ciel de minuit. Year past, her sadness remains hidden behind her smile. Comes the night, her eyes laugh and cry, as in a dream. Her distressed tears, her apart, her soul is bloody with worry. Hoping for days to come don't hurt her much. She suffered, suffered so much long ago. Her heart knows how to love pure love. She gave everything. He offered her only crumbs of tenderness and so much pain. Free, she remains like a beautiful wounded swallow, trying to fly heart fearfully in a beautiful midnight sky. End of poem. Yeah, this reminds me of something that's actually scriptural, and it talks about... Um, it talks about somebody who, um, in the old Roman traditions, um, they would give the scraps off the tables to the dogs that were eating. Now, when you talk about the crumbs of tenderness, he offered only crumbs of tenderness. It almost reminded me of that one uh, woman who begged at... uh, at Jesus' feet and said, I, I'm willing to take the crumbs. You know, if you get willing to give the dog crumbs, I'm willing to take the crumbs. But, uh, you know, it, it's so little. It's so little. But to her, 
to the person you were writing about, it meant a lot at the time until he finally took all that away. And she was willing to be satisfied with only crumbs, but the sadness overtook her. And I think that this is just a wonderful, wonderful portrayal of it and a great story that you told here. Um, So wonderful job, and I'm going to get you some comments. Thank you. And uh, let me start out with Wayne. Wayne, what did you think about that? I'm sorry, I've been missing my computer. Wayne, are you down. I'm trying to get it back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I've been, my computer went down a while ago, and I'm trying to get back up. I didn't. I was when I wasn't paying attention because I was working on my computer. Sorry, I'm already. I'll read it in a minute. I get back up. Okay, no problem, no problem. Let me get a comment then. Uh, let's see who we get a comment from. Let's get a comment from Lizzie. Yeah. Okay. This was well you're you're right to always emotional um so I mean that's just one thing that I've come to learn about your writing and to love about your writing is how emotional it is it, you know what I get from this is you know we have all been in those relationships where we have given all and we get like just the occasional pat on the head like we're, we're a lost puppy. Mm-hmm. And we're happy with it, you know what I mean? And we're like, oh, you know, he acknowledged my presence, you know what I'm saying? But then there comes a moment when you realize I deserve better. You know, I I, I, I'm, I deserve a whole lot more than, this, you know, the scraps that I'm getting from this idiot. And you, 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 you know, come out of it, you know what I mean? And at the end, I think you have that, that sign of hope where she realizes that she's worth more than that. Um, that's how I, I, I get this. You know, yeah, she went through all that pain. She suffered. She you know, let, you know, herself be at that, you know, lowest point, but then there comes a point where she realized I'm I'm better than this and I can, you know, freely just at one point, even though I'm wounded, I can still walk away and, and you know, have something better at some point. And I think this was a really awesome um, brevity that you did here because, you know, in, in all those little short little words, you did an awesome, awesome, amazing job. Thank you so much, Lizzie. All right, I'm going to go to the board right now. Joseph Moon said, pain and despair, yet hope in thy beautiful brevity, Sella. Great poem indeed in any language. Uh, Tila said, Sella, you really made me cry. Oh, (laughs) Tila. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. (laughs) I think it it might have been in a good way. All right, let me get a comment from Patrick. All right, so a big thing that I'm learning when it comes to writing brevity and stuff like that is it's something that I try to do is when you want to, like, write it in a way that anybody can understand, yet they still feel the impact you're going for. Because it's written so, like, I guess you could say there's not fancy words, there's no scientific definition of that stuff going on. It's in your face. It is what it is. But yet it still hits you and it's hard hitting. I thought it was really well done. Thank you so much. Thank you, Patrick. 
And uh, Rob Cohen left you a little bit of a comment in French on the board, so. Oh, I didn't see it. Let me go read it. <laughs> yeah, okay. you just my, put my it up there. Friend. Okay. And you can you can just I want I want you to decipher it for us. Read it and decipher it. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna stop blessing words. Salva votre courage, exposez les profondeurs de votre émotion et au-delà de la beauté. Your courage, expose your deepness and the emotion beyond the beauty. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to get one more comment from, for you. And I'm going to get that from uh, Dave. What did you think? Um, I really like this. Uh, I like most of what Solar writes. Um, I had to agree with what Lizzie had to say about it, too. Um, you know, right down here at the bottom of the last uh, few lines, it says, Free, she remains like a butter." a beautiful wounded swallow trying to fly fearfully in a beautiful midnight sky. It, it, it's trying to draw, come back up out of uh, the, the, the first part of the uh, poem, and it's pulling the reader back up into a better, better spot. Uh, you know, it's, that is, you know, I think we've all been there where we've, we've had, uh, been in relationships and and we always thought more of the person that we were lo- we were loving than they thought of us and and eventually mm-hmm. it's self correcting you know and and you i mean most most of the time it is hopefully and uh you know some of these uh a lot of people will think well hey and it's like Lizzie said I'm better than this you know and um, this not only works for love, uh, love relationships, it also works for friendships, just ordinary mm-hmm. uh, friendships. You know, I mean, um, you can you can have a friend for a long, long time, and all of a sudden you wonder, well, what the hell's going on here? You know, and um, I, I, the reason I'm saying this is I just recently went through this myself. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm 73 years old, and I thought, you know, this stuff's all behind me, but it's not. And uh, anytime you're dealing with people, it, there's always a surprise right around the corner, and I found one in, in just the other day. And, and this poem really resonated with me in that respect a lot. So uh, nice job, Sella. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, where we're going to go from here next is I'm going to go ahead and put a little poem on the board for you guys that I wrote, and it is called Twilight Screams. Getting into the kind of the mood for October here. (laughs) And don't worry, it's not that bad. I won't scare anybody really bad. (laughs) Maybe the picture does, but that's it. No, it's it's okay, Salwa. It's not going to scare you. Don't worry. All right, here you go. (laughs) Screaming kissed my last twilight. Cockroach peels my skin. Chips of dust spread over meadows. Blistered touches from graveside hands. The sands demands call me the damned. Drawing faces on orchid flesh. Lines of raspberry ink. Shaking in this rosewood coffin, my shadow learns to feed 
I bleed, recede, no longer breathe. End poem. Damn, Jay, you had to bring up cockroaches, huh? All right. Start us out, Lizzie. Start us out. (laughs) This this I I I was all good. Everything he mentioned cockroaches. That was it. I was like, The imagery in this was fantastic. I I mean, even though you had cockroaches, the cockroaches peels my skin, chips some dust spread over meadows, blistered touches from graveside hands. I mean, you're just the it's a brevity, but the wording that you used was just so intense, and it just painted this like deep image in a person's mind. Like I'm just seeing, you know, like these little bugs crawling on my dead body and eating me away, you know, lines of raspberry ink. Like you just did such an amazing job with this. I, I, I give you a bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And before we get another comment, I want to welcome to the show, Frank. Hey, Frank. How's it going? Buenas noches. That was one fucking hell of a poem there, my friend. (laughs) You got me. (laughs) Set aside the cockroach. Uh, just looking at that pic right there, I was like, oh, that, that's, a, that's really strong imagery. Uh, but the piece itself, if I can just jump in and film it here, uh, that, that's one hell of a sure. poem you just wrote here. Such brevity here. I love that, the, the way you just drew the, the, the analysis to the, the rose with coffin, my shadow learns to feed, I believe, you see, no longer breathe. That's very vivid. That's compelling. It's, uh, did a great job on this poem, and uh, wow, that was one hell of a piece. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, let, me, let me get another comment in there. Um, he's gone. Raz, what do you think? Yeah, the very thought of roaches is considered Kafkian because of the metamorphosis. What happens to George Samsara is that he becomes that kind of bug when waking up one morning after being a sales accountant in his own home. And at the end of Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis, he's nonetheless squashed by his own uh, family members, no longer serving any use. So that shows the very futility of uh, pre-modernism life. When it comes to this poem, on the other hand, I think your references here deals with us being in a constant state of decomposition, and that kind of plagues the mind that we're slowly decaying, although seem to be in perfect health. Nah, thank you. And I got to ask, was it that bad, Toa? Yes. The picture is hard. And and then decomposing, like the the last last one is fine, but there are some. (laughs) So if I have nightmares, nightmares, I'll I'll get you this year. (laughs) You're you're gonna blame me. I got it. I got it. I I, I really got it. Um, you're gonna make me. You're gonna make me feel bad now because my poem is one of the most dark as it can be. And I no, I'm gonna be gone. No, I'm gonna be gone. No, uh, no, it's about don't worry, the, I'll be gone. It's <laughs> no about worries. the. It's about so what? It's about the bleed. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, let me uh, let me get a comment then from uh, Sticky. I'd love to hear what Sticky has to say about this. 
Oh, I thought it was so cool. That image is incredible. I'd love to know, like, what that is. That is that's really cool. Okay, so, and I thought there was this really cool, like, dancing feel to the last three lines, especially the way you wrote it. The sand demands, I bleed, recede. I thought that was really cool. And I really felt like it was this, this creature that's, like, dead, but not fully dead. And the idea of being sentient and being able to feel things and know that even after death is terrifying to me. So like shaking, still shaking in the rosewood coffin and my shadow learns to feed and like it's dead, but it's not dead. And that is terrifying. And I loved that. Yeah. I thought it was great. I like the dark stuff. So, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <it> is. <laughs> I'm sorry. The only one I think. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm sorry. So, uh, no, no, that's this is, fine. It's, on, yes. it, it's, only, it's only poetry. It's all fiction poetry. Okay. None of this let's, is intended to scare you. It's just fiction. No, I, I, who said anyone tried to scare me? I never said that. It's just me. It's not, oh. nothing to do with anyone. It's me. I'm not blaming anyone. <laughs> we're, okay. all, we're all actors here. We're entertainers here. Yeah. We just entertain. That's it. At the end of the day, when we get out of here, we go on to our lives and do our uh, thing. But it's just. Everyone got affected differently. She can be me. I'm gonna get. I want to get one last comment here, folks, from Dave. (laughs) Oh well, this was. uh, I I saw this uh, poem posted before the show, and I looked at the uh, banner picture, and I thought, well, this this should be interesting, and it was. Cockroach feels my skin, really. I never thought about a cockroach feeling my skin before. Uh, and drawing faces on orchid flesh, lines of raspberry ink sticking in this rosewood coffin, my shadow leans to feed. I bleed, recede, no longer breathe. That, that uh, last stanza was my favorite one. I thought it was the most... Uh, Telling about the whole poem, to be honest with you, a unique storyline too, by the way, Jay. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's one of your most most grisly ones I've I've heard that you've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it is, I love to play with forms. Okay, I love to to mix mm-hmm. and match forms and do what I can to make things look different, feel different. And I don't even so know if did. this is an actual form, but this is what I tried for this poem. And uh, sorry, yeah. Tila, I'm so sorry. She said we cannot breathe Tila, after no. that. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope I don't give her her nightmares too. Uh, thank you, Wayne, for calling. Thank you, Sin, for calling. Um, we're going to put in since he has been patiently waiting. Number right. two. Uh, Raz, we're going to put you up yeah, next. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is my poem. It's called oh, Earthbound. And uh, the image here is of the creation of man by Michelangelo. You can see this image because I have a gold membership now, but that's uh, a variable to change. Earthbound. Waiting there when the emotional breakdown sets in. No God to excuse our faults nor the suppressed guilt. When the base rose is wilt, and the subconscious requires to speak on behalf of the sins. Reality was here before the likes of you and I. 
100 years, Kurt Douglas played the Sanctus Maximus for the popularity to bet her. In the kingdom of Rome, logic presides. Forbidden is walking alone and consumed of prompt loneliness. Angels do not always come from heaven. The ones closest resemble an impression to family and friends. But I've been alone. The realization will not be self-evident. When there's nowhere else to turn except another round on the bend. Earthbound, we fulfill the duty of carrying on the weight. Our former ancestral worshipping species committed and expected a favor in return, thinking of social presets. Moody tire swings attached to the sprawling oaks, tentacles downtrodden. The living realm could take hundreds and thousands away from a killer virus. Pinholes microsize, and the original being exiting those fallen bodies. A co-temporary draft calculates. Ultimate exodus, the vault's maximum wattage. Disappear to speak again in the cremation ashes. To know the outcome at the other place's destination. The clearing cob, Hobbs Hill, Swanways, King's Road, the crossing levee. Corresponding matters to mesmerism and above libation of state energy diffusion proclaim. The universal can be reduced to bison strips, and the masses emit knowledge to an invisible rule to this physical premise of nefarious. My darling tide, it is him of all the instruments of mankind elude to lead the selfish doubt, constant disinformation, and yet he lives on without possibility of a single known substance. To be all the more difficult for the signs we have not noticed, believe, or moral disbelief. Mortality forgets that preceding Gnostic rites retention. The cheerful end of a world yesterday, the endless destruction and creation, a series of decisions out of chaos theory and the preordained have naturally selected. Lay the burden down and the bow, hope to protective resentment. Angels do not always come from heaven and hope. Oh, that's good. You got me thinking a million directions all at one time with a bunch of different things. I'm thinking of um, uh, System of the Down song, um, Chop Suey, where it says uh, even angels must must die or deserve to die. Um, the different, uh, gosh, you put so much pop culture into always into this stuff that it just absolutely brings me all over the place. I wish I could remember more of the stuff as you went along here and there and everywhere, and you just brought us. You you, you walk us through this. You use great intelligence, and you use great pop culture, and, and you blend it all together into this magnificent style that is purely Raz. And it, I love how you mentioned Ben-Hur, uh, with Kirk Douglas playing, <laughs> playing Circus Maximus. Oh my gosh, this, this is just absolutely brilliant how you how you brought all that in. Um, just wow, wow! And then you you repeated that angels do not always come from heaven, and that really really uh, stuck out to me. The, uh, just absolutely wonderful, um, Frank. What did what did you think about this piece? I mean, I. I had more of a, a sensation, more of a, a, a metamorphosis and apocalyptic, apocalyptic uh, 
nature to this poem uh, was all intertwined. There's, there's a sense of sapience and persistence and, and, and the details of, of the metaphors. Uh, I find that uh, it's well elaborated. I think that you conveyed uh, the moral of the poem in such an effective and, and efficacious way. I think that it is, it's an intellectual piece. And I think if you really digest uh, the intellect of the poem itself, mm-hmm. you appreciate it more. And I think these types of poems uh, are well appreciated when, when we understand the serious nature of what's uh, been conveyed. And overall, this piece has a lot of uh, pop quotes, as you said. But I looked, I looked beyond that. I looked into more of the, the intellectual nature of the poem. And that's what I absorbed when I read it. It's a great poem. Thanks, Frank. Wonderful comment. Uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't ask Dave to comment on this one. Well, I would, but um, I just got back to my desk. I had to go outside. There was some commotion going on out there, and I had to go out and see what's going on. So I, I'm going to have to pass on a comment on this. I, I'm sorry. No problem, no problem. <clears throat> Let me get a comment then from Patrick. Patrick, what do you think? Probably on mute. All right. Okay. First of all, what I liked the most was, well, there's just a lot to take in. A lot of images going on, a lot of writing. And when you take it all in and soothe it out, it really tells magnificent stories. Great comment. Great comment, Richard Bacon. And the main reason why I like him is because he takes you on journeys in his writing that go many different directions, but in the end, it always lands in the same spot. That was a great now That was a great comparison, uh, Richard Sykin to Raz. That yes, yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That is a great comparison. <clears throat> Wonderful poet, and Raz. Uh, th- there you go. There's, there's your, there's your uh, uh, comparison. That uh, you write like Richard Sykin. What a, what a, uh, what a um, compliment. Um, let me get a comment then from um, Sticky. Sticky, I'm going to let you comment. I, I loved, I loved this so much. And I thought, I thought that that line there, the endless destruction and creation, a series of decisions out of chaos theory and, preordain, and preordainment, like that it's chaos and yet orderly. I felt like it was an exploration of the nature of the divine in general. And I really, really loved the, I felt like there was this darker side of, of what's being said here because on some level, you know, God is life and death and God is cruel and also kind and God is truth and truth is both, you know? And I felt like maybe that was what was trying to be captured here because the painting by Michelangelo was so optimistic, let's say, on the nature of the divine. And I feel like you're maybe a little bit more ambivalent about the nature of the divine and that like exploration here, at least that's what I got out of it. I thought that was, 
absolutely fascinating. I, I really, really loved where you described the moody tire swings and the sprawling oaks and this, like, warm and fuzzy home imagery. And then immediately right after that, you take it to death, to a killer virus, and the original being exiting those, falling, those fallen bodies. I know there's something that really struck me about that, like the original being exiting the follow, the, follow, the dead bodies. I thought, I thought it was incredible, and I loved it, Raz. I, I really love how your poems get my mind, like, really, really working hard, you know? <laughs> you have it right on. I, I was uh, discussing God, and he is known to be of both polarities, a kind of dualistic type of truth, exactly like you said. Michelangelo himself would speak of God as the ultimate end to of which everyone is born. That's what he actually believed. Yeah. All right. And Lizzie, I'm going to give you the last say on this, and then we're going to put you, your poem on the board. And after Lizzie, we're going to have uh, Rob. Yes. I, I really love the angels do not come from heaven because to me, when we selflessly give from ourselves, um, then it brings us closer to God. You know, when you when you think of when you think of God, when you think of religion, you know, Christ died on that crucifix because he was selflessly giving himself over to you know have us forgiven for our sins. So, to me, it was like you know, you evils killed by you know that that selfless love by that you know, compassion, and I felt that whole um, biblical and God thing through the whole entire piece, and, and that's what I got out of it, and you did such a tremendous job of, of, of capturing, you know, the the good, the bad, and the ugly kind of thing. I, I think you did a, a fantastic and brilliant job with this. Thank you very much. Quite well. All right, Lizzie, you are on the board. Okay, let me just refresh my thing here. Okay, so this is called Frozen Crystal Petals. Sable hollow panes of glass echo sepia images. Dead shadows replay in shades of black and gray. Fragile smile creases lips. Blooming rose sweet to see. Upon a touch a thorn doth prick. Death doth bring. Death doth drip. Death doth drips from crimson lips. Sorry. <laughs> Poison lay stem, roots lay in a grave, ice pumps through, hollow shells, fleshly <clears throat> fleshy crimson petals, now blue crystal flakes, flash freeze, glacier of pain. Streaked pains, reveries echo yesteryears lay dead in gallows, dead ashes of shadows lay within blue petals of crystal flakes. End poem. Sorry about that. It's it's I'm tired. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Well, what I got to say about this is that you have um, quite elegantly brought beauty and death. And that's the way I look at this whole thing is, yes, there is a, a, a level of death behind what you put here, but there's also that level of beauty that you put behind it. And it, it's not something that totally be feared of or anything like that. I love how you um, your metaphor of the roses throughout, um, talking about the stems and the and the bloom and 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 all that and the petals. I know they they were mentioned in there as well. 
so you just brought it all the way through that. And I, I think that that is a brilliant metaphor to bring within that one. And I know there's someone who loves to comment on uh, dark poetry. Sawa, what do you think? <laughs> oh, this is, I mean, she has a way, this kind of dark poetry I love, but the, the, the scary one I really can't. Um, just she has a way of playing of, with imagery and wording that really captivates you from the beginning to the end. You really do. I uh, just love your writing. Table, hello, things, the way you just started with glass, so vivid. I could see. And that, that shadow replay, I, 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 um, again, I just can follow you all the way in Shades of Black and Gray. It's funny, I just wrote a poem about the Shades of Black and Gray myself <laughs> last week. So remind me of that too. And, and the fragile smile. You put, you, you, you put emotion Yes, it's dark, but there is happy emotion in there with fragile smile. De- de- not, not happy, rather delicate. You mix the delicate with the dark, and that's so brilliant to, do, to put the two together, the fragile smile, the blooming rose, but it's dark. Uh, it's turned to something dark with that thing. To show, as the CIA said, that that is not something to, be, to fear. Absolutely. Um, I love, I can go on forever. With the, how you play with the colors too, with the blue petals and and the shadows and the heavy of echoes. Yesteryears lay dead in gallows, dead ashes. The, the word dead repetitive, repeated in different forms, and and then it turned to crystal fakes again. Delicate. That is something very delicate. Wow! I uh, applaud you for that. It's so beautiful. Really amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, what I want to do is go to the board. Joseph Moon said, outstanding quatrains, Lizzie, with professional rhyme scheme. Great share indeed. And uh, let me get a comment from Frank. No, I was lost there when she said, a thorn to a prick, death to a trip, some crimson lips. I almost saw the shade of Shakespeare in Chauncey here. Uh, this was just a brilliant, brilliant piece. Uh, I agree with Joseph Moon. I think the quatrains were excellent. I think the rhyming scheme was just perfect. Uh, I just love the, the metaphors themselves, and I, I, I have to commend you on this. You, you just, just brought out some brilliant and magnificent uh, metaphors here. I just love the way you, you just detailed and described the frozen crystal petals, and it was overall a fantastic piece. I commend you. I'm always enamored of your poetry. You seem like you come out even if the dark poetry is written here in this case, but you always come out with something that's quite, something that's very, 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 I would say the image is always, it's the last in imagery. It's a brilliant piece. Thank you. And let me get, um, let me get you one last comment from, um, uh, let's give you a Dave. I'll, I'll give you a comment from Dave. Okay. Um, I, I like this because um, it, it went uh, uh, from one, one direction and then it swung around 180 degrees and went the other direction. It goes from uh, uh, something really beautiful and stuff to something that's kind of dark, and then it pulls, it pulls you back over the other direction, and it sort of rocks you back and forth with this. It's almost like a song to me. I mean, that's the way I, the way I like, uh, saw it. Um, I like the third stanza here pretty well. It says, poison lay stems, roots lay in a grave, ice pumps through hollow shells, fleshy 
crimson petals now blue crystal flakes, flash frozen glacier of pain. That's a really descriptive uh, stanza in, in this entire poem. The whole poem's descriptive, but I like that third one the best. Uh, I think the, uh, the the blue crystal flakes and the flash freeze glacier of pain is very uh, very uh, colorful and, and um, descriptive and. Uh, um, I've, I've liked the way Lizzie writes for a long time, and this is uh, one of her best as far as I'm concerned. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I want to say hello to SLR, who's out on the board. Uh saw her there earlier. I want to uh, also say this is what Tila said about you, Lizzie. Beautiful imagery, Lizzie. Loved it so much. All right. Thank you. Um we are going to go on, and I'm going to read uh, Rob Cohen's piece. It's Let me see. It's about 4.24 in the morning where he's at. So God bless him wow. for hanging in there and listening to us. And that's called Lives After Life. Rest in peace, Derek Mahon. Mahon. And if anybody doesn't know who Derek Mahon is, He's a famous poet that has actually written a poem about us getting through this pandemic. And he has given a lot of inspiration and a lot of hope to a lot of people. And this is written as a vignette, and it goes like this. One, a voice in the pocket of the outside crusader screams in diluted darkness, crawling on blood-flooding knees. From prison cell dead-end canyons crossing deep grave cave ravines curtained by smoke and steamed mirror terrors. Light burnt out under collapsing night, bound in the noose of lingering rope, tightly tied to faded flashlight demise. Stretched synthetic wetsuit fabric Torn and unraveling into threaded anchors, leak cold salt water into a punctured spirit. Torch batteries burnt fatally flat. The leathered limb matchstick ember whispers slow fatigue flatline breaths. Bed of rock extended beyond obstacle field crawling lengths where meters faded into millennia. Two, softer than a dandelion cocoon, a breeze sweeps from a hairline crack, roaring life into the cavity tomb. Lifted from the empty lung, crushing stranglehold and inflated, floating onto clouds of feathered flight, crippled by fear of fatherless children, a second breath bounced from ropes into seasoned soldier strength, jaws of death slumbers, hopeless, dozed off by the aesthetic bite, fighting to escape the narrowing gates, unscathed and mightier he flees from the enclosing fallen walls with strengthening stories of power for all. And pound. Yeah, this is uh, quite the testament. The uh, the um, I, I love that ending. That ending just talks yeah. so much about the hope that 
that uh, Derek gave us uh, in his poetry, and you portrayed it so well, Rob, especially with that ending. Your word choices are always absolutely fantastic, and this is such such a magnificent tribute piece. I absolutely loved it. All right, I'm going to let Sticky make the first comment on this. Oh, I thought this was so, so interesting. And I really think it's a gorgeous tribute uh, to the to the poet that it is about. I And I really love that in the first part, there's just a lot of dark and burning and hard imagery about death. And then in the second part, it's very light and soft imagery. It's, it's softer than a dandelion cocoon, the breeze and the, the, uh, the second breath. And I love that here he's, fighting to escape the narrowing gate as though he doesn't want to leave this earth. You know what I mean? And I thought that that was, that was really, really interesting. I'm not sure if that's what he intended or not, but that's what I took away from it. But that unscathed and mightier, he flees from the enclosing fallen walls. That like he's lucky to be escaping this place that we're all kind of left in, you know? And I thought that was so interesting. I really loved that shift in imagery from like the hardness of the first part to that softness of the second part I I really noticed it like it, it hit me really strongly and his imagery is just so incredible it really is I love lifted from the empty lung I, I, I just think a line has something in it that I really admire yeah I really like his writing and I love this piece and uh, here's what uh, Joseph Moon set out on the board an outstanding ode to a wonderful writer by an outstanding all-poetry writer. Great share, Rob. And let me get a comment from Raz. Yeah, I can see how this uh, plays on the metaphor that this poet will actually be remembered. His life was like uh, going against the actual suffering of the world, those who oppose uh, anyone of having any uh, true rights or a justifiable sense of liberty in all this uh, social madness. And then second piece is on his death, how uh, they actually were responsible somehow some form of a social factor that led to his untimely demise. And yet, in this uh, last metaphor, from the enclosing fallen walls, the strengthening stories of power for all, it's this uh, poet, Derek Mahone, still fighting against the oppression through anyone who will ever try to uh, perceive what he did when he was alive through his work. Amazing, amazing comment there. And let me get one last comment from Patrick, and then, Patrick, we're going to put your piece on the board. This is actually the first time I've ever sat down and read Rob Cohen. And I was not disappointed. I liked his wordage. I liked how he's very descriptive, 
but he doesn't use a lot of um, unnecessary words, if that makes sense. I, I can't, I haven't been in a classroom in a long time, so I can't explain what I mean exactly because I don't remember the exact words, but it's, it's not a big deal. But the point is, I really enjoyed how, how he writes. I enjoyed how he expresses himself. And I really enjoyed the ode to, I believe, a, a great poet. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, for everybody who doesn't know, Rob is from South Africa. So hello in South Africa, Rob. Thank you for uh, spreading uh, all poetry all over the world. All right, Patrick, your poem is up. Okay, so I'm on a bit of a hiatus. I haven't been writing much lately, and when I do write, nothing comes out. But this is something I managed to, like, spew out a few days ago. I can't even edit it right now, so I'm a little upset. But here, here it goes. It's called Memories. For what it's worth, I'm only so tall. And these feet have calloused over many, many times. We always get lost these days, lost in ideas, tomorrows, the chain of events, even science, and we crawl out still kissing the proverbial fruit and with dancing vines planting itself in my life. There's this chair placed near the vines that lace around a fruit so hollow asking you to breathe life inside and yet I still wait before I give you food to eat. So pucker. Pucker up with your parched lips, incandescent eyes, and those fluorescent lights shining from your home. Keep breathing in those toxic fumes where I know that these hollow peaches could have made things better. Yet I still kept my voice I still swallowed the only fruit I have to bear. And Wow, the depth of this is just phenomenal. I, I I know I've picked a few fruits here or there that um, were absolutely hollow on the inside, and that was normally from something eating it from the inside out. And so to see some mention of that, uh, the, the the hollow fruit. I think that that is uh, kind of just um, kind, kind of absolutely wild. You know, the fruit is so hollow, asking me to breathe life inside, and yet I still wait before I give you food. I, I think the whole thing has such an incredible metaphor behind it. Um, there is an incompletion, yet there is a striving for a completion. There's um, so much to ask, and there's so much yet to receive. And I, I that at least that's the way I felt I saw it, because um, that that's what life is about. You know, you you're you're asking all these questions, but you're also, what are you going to receive in return? Is it something that's going to fill you up? Is it going to take that void? Is it going to do what it's supposed to do? And um, you know, we we often eat stuff and absorb stuff that we necessarily didn't need or necessarily weren't gonna wasn't gonna fill us up, wasn't gonna do the things that we need it to do. 
And I think that you've captured it well within this poem uh, because of that that ending right there. I still swallowed the only fruits I have to bear. Um, And I think that that is a a powerful statement in itself. So let me get some comments for you. And I want to start the comments out with uh, Frank. Frank, what do you think about that? His last, uh, his last six lines that he wrote, they epitomized the book for me. This is a very powerful piece, my friend. And I see a lot of uh, privacy in what's being written here. But I, what I enjoyed is the intellectual na- na- nature of the poem itself, the way you embrace your rumination and how you process those thoughts, and how you situate them with the emotions that you feel for this particular experience and this particular individual. Uh, I think that you just emoted the most, the most beautiful sentiments that we can emote, the human sentiments, the most purest they are, our hearts. This was a, a fantastic feat. Thank you. Great comment. And let me get a comment from Dave on this. Dave, are you on mute? Yeah, I was. Um, my dog's having a problem right now. I can't comment on it. I'll, I'll be right back. I'm sorry. No problem. You're good. You're good. Let me get a comment then from Raz. I can uh, see here the thought of uh, trying to learn from the tree of knowledge. And uh, sometimes what we learn is downright rotten from the fruits. Other times it's worthy of uh, thinking over more than a couple of times. So uh, this is all on uh, what that fruit really comes to bear when we think of our memories. What did we learn from those moments? Have they in any way shaped or changed what we think for ourselves now? Great comment, great comment. And let me get a comment from Sticky. Oh my gosh, I really, really liked her. And I I just noticed a couple awful spelling mistakes in my comment that I made, so I'll go back and fix those later. <laughs> um, but I loved so much that I, I felt like perhaps the fruit is is hope. And I felt like it's so true what you say, that we get lost in our expectations and our thoughts and then chains of events and even science. I love that you added that. And we still, we crawl out still kissing the proverbial fruit. And I guess it's at that point that I thought maybe the fruit represents hope and that then the hollow fruit, the hollow pieces, the false fruit, you know, are like false hope or perhaps the futility of hope because we can't control the future no matter how much we think we can, you know, and I, I'm not sure, of course, if that's at all what you intended, but that's what I got out of it. I thought that was that was really, really beautiful. I'm not exactly. I kind of forget what the fruit actually means, and I wrote it three days ago. That's the kind of hiatus I'm going under, but it's something along those lines. 
cool, cool. What you got, Frank? Oh, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you could do Tila's poem, if you have time. I will. Um, I've got to right now put Dave's poem, and we'll we'll do we'll try to get Tila. In, okay. Um, after Dave. All right. Thank you. All right. And uh, Dave, you are up. Okay. Well, after listening to all this grand poetry tonight, I, I don't know. I, I wrote this uh, poem this afternoon, and um, uh, I hope everybody likes it. It, it. You know how I am. So, anyway, this was called uh, Blonde Exponential Function in Log Base 10. Uh, it's not a mathematics lesson, believe me, but it, it is kind of mathematical. So <laughs> it goes like this. She's transcendental in nature. F of X equals 10 to the X to the 10th, her base in 10. Her values in base 10 run to log 10 base in inverse, decoding her heart to those she surrenders it to, not equal to base zero or in ones and zeros. Those negative numbers, left side of the x-axis, perfection in the parabola and the negative and the positive, balance of the exponents along x and y rivers of time. She always comes out in balance. Her weight functions probability is never where you think they are, but that's the nature of her. She's never what you think she should be. She is Heisenberg's definition of his dreams. She seeks her own energy levels. She exceeds the Pullman-Oppenheimer-Volkoff limit, falling into strange matter wells, colors her superconduction of ups, downs, and strange quarks to whatever her heart dictates, modulation of her soul in the key of strange matter, illumination in the polar jets of quark stars, light years in length, dying to drown in the sea of her quantum decoherence. She sweeps you up from Hilbert space, a subjective Unitary lifesaver carried out to you by the Fadiba ghosts, and you thought her derivatives were based on a sticky heart. End poem. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> go, go ahead, Sticky. Go ahead, Sticky. Oh my goodness, that was so sweet. So sweet. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I. Personally, I love that my perfection is in the parabola. <laughs> no, yeah. I, and I really love her superconduction of up, down, and strange quarks. I really like that so much. And I made a special note of she is Heisenberg's definition of his dreams. Now, I don't know Heisenberg's definition of his dreams, but now I'm very intrigued to go look it up. And I will write a poem back for you. About that. <laughs> Thank you so much, okay. Dave. You are the sweetest. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. The uh, let me let me put in one one thing here to clarify some of this. The Tolman Oppenheimer Volkoff limit is the limit to uh, neutron stars uh, uh, falling over to a black hole. If it gets any more mass than 0.75 solar masses, it will tip over into a black hole. So uh, that's what that means. I don't know how many people knew that, but anyway. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from one intellect to the next intellect because I thought that that was just you always bring your science and your math and and all that to your poetry. Let me ask Raz what he thought. 
Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Quantum physics makes Sticky Heart possible. This is a great piece on how she defines all universal mathematics. Yeah, she is. She's a, a real piece of uh, mathematics, that's for sure. Frank, this is someone who enjoys someone who enjoys physics and cosmology and quantum physics itself. This is, is a, a beautiful piece here. I know it's a tribute to Sticky. Uh, I, I just found myself enamored with uh, the writing to the extent of what what was conveyed here. I I, I love the. Just uh, the notions of what is being portrayed here, like the references as well that you use here. Overall, the piece in itself is a beautiful piece, and it's a wonderful tribute. And, and I like this, anal- this analogy that you use with um, cosmology and with sticky. So that was something that seems a bit kinky, but it, yeah, it, it, it works for me. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Uh, Can I add one more? All right. Hey, hey, Frank, you, you want to read for Tila? Yeah. All right, I'll go ahead and do that. Work of art as well in this description of the verses. What's that? What was that? What was that, Raz? She's a work of art because you're describing her to be actual physics. It's what the original Renaissance artists would do with the, their own masterpieces. Reduce it to a state of exact mathematics. Yeah, we can we can deal with. I mean, the the, the introspection I like about mathematics when we deal with the, the aspect of infinity. So, this is a, a great point you just said right there. Um, all right, I don't have the poem of Tila. There you go. <laughs> all right, sorry, I'm let me go ahead and do. <laughs> I know she's been wait. She's been waiting out there, and she's in New York, so that's like a. 10.45 time paper right now. So it goes like this. Glow in his eyes. Seeing a glow in his eyes, in her eyes, a young mother-to-be, so happy but sad, her father passing in cancer. Today was his death anniversary. How her thought went to his side. Father, working so hard, never for anything for him. All this time he spent on mum and the kids. If only she could have had spent time with his dad, did not get a chance to buy him a shirt trouser a tie, but I've seen that glow in his eye to he my face it was dull. The glow in my eyes I ran to him and he gave me the doll. Today but I've seen glow in your eyes. Few would have seen the grandson. Thank you. Written by Tila. Well for one thing, Tila, what a wonderful, wonderful tribute. Uh, I know today is the anniversary that she lost her father. Uh, We all have our hearts out there for you. Um, I know how that feels, losing a father, um, because I have lost mine as well. And there's nothing that we can say that's going to bring him back, just that we're here for you and... We know your beautiful heart, and this is just absolutely stunning. Uh, Frank, you read it. What do you think? Uh, just really quick, uh, when I heard about this from Tila, because uh, Tila's over there with me at the cafe, 
I, I, I wasn't certain what, what, what was a reference to this until I read this poem and, and I was in conversation with her. This is just one of these type of pieces that just, just hits you. It just, it just, I mean, if you set aside the words themselves, which are powerful, just a thought, the thought of a passing of a loved one, so intimate in nature as, as your father would be. This is just something that just makes me cringe. Uh, and how could I not uh, emote any sentiments but the sentiments of just beauty, beauty of which we all behold to our own loved ones. Unfortunately, at times, we just don't realize the capacity of these words till they are no longer living. And this poem is a reflection of Tila's heart, Tila's mind, and above all, her peace, the death of her father, remembrance as well. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, Dave, what did you think about this? Oh, it reminded me of my father. Um, you know, uh, I watched him uh, die of emphysema, and then I watched my mother die from uh, cancer. And, um, you know, it's uh, – there's nothing you can really say to anybody about this except to, to express to them that you're sorry. Um, I don't know. I just – Every time I read something like this, it really, really tears at me inside. And uh, you know, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of death in my time, and it's always, uh, you know, I, I thought the poem was really well written. Um, it, uh, it's really descriptive. It's, it's well done. It's uh, sad. Uh, God, I, I, you know. I don't know what else to say. I, you know, sorry. I just kind of took the words away from me when I read it. No, it's okay. It's okay. And stick, sticky. What do you think? Oh, I thought this was so so beautiful, and I loved the simplicity of the imagery—the trousers and the shirts and the doll—and these things that like kind of the juxtaposition of these seemingly like small little mundane things in life against the, the powerful issues that the poem's really exploring, these issues of birth and death. And I too really wish that my parents could have been able to see my children or meet my children. So I think this hits on just such a really powerful thing. It really, really touched me. It really touched me. This is, this is gorgeous. And I love what Joseph Moon that out in the um, out in the board brought a tear to my eyes. A lovely poem from a lovely, tender-hearted daughter. Agree. That's amazing, amazing, mm-hmm. Joseph. And uh, what what I'm going to do next is I'm going to go ahead and read Joseph Moon's poem. And this is called Three Months with Wings" by Joseph Moon. <clears throat> Three months with linnet wings and a lover. My scarred heart soared swift to uncover. Mild, pure in loveliness, star of peak promise. The loveliest times alight, a goddess. Love like a wilt rose goes a-thirsting. Passions like clouds consistently a 
expecting bursting. Pink with the lips I'd kiss. And firm the form we smiled calm through each raging storm. Free from autumn rain and shivering air. Free from winter's cold and every care. Oh, the torrid frost fountains. Or the earth trembled mountains, touching the very veins of fire, two lovers with supreme desire. End, end poem. I was just about to say end fire. Oh, Joseph, Joseph, this is absolutely beautiful. I love, I love your um, your structure behind this, your rhyme pattern. The pauses that you put in there just at the right moments. I, I, I love the way this uh, this read out and this fit felt throughout it. Amazing, amazing piece. Um, let's start the comments with Raz. Raz, what do you think? As always, when it comes to uh, Joseph Moon's rights, there's that sense of the ancient traditions of poetry. I hear from other sources that he's some form of professor and it definitely shows in how he uh, structures these stanzas to look exactly like the romantic period of the art medium. Wonderful. And Frank, what did you think? No, this is a typical Victorian poem uh, in essence. Uh, this reminds me of just how, I mean it, may, it reminds me of uh, of these poem, of these um, great poets of the days of yore. Uh, these metaphors, uh, this romance, uh, the notion of the beauty of itself intertwined. When he says, when he talks about nature and itself, I used to write like this, but I guess I just getting more fanfare for these types of poems, unfortunately. But uh, this is just brilliant type of writing, and what's so indicative of his style is the metaphors he introduces. Just uh, that last, that second or last stanza, he says, free from autumn rain and shivering air, free from winter's cold and every care over the torrid frost fountains, over the earth-trembled mountains. That is a beautiful uh, sequence of uh, of rhyming. And I think overall the piece, just you can tell from the writing itself that he has that Victorian essence of it, which is defined so admirably in this poem. It was a brilliant piece. Wonderful. And I'm going to let uh, Sticky make the last comment on this, and then Sticky, I'm going to put your poem on the board. I can do a different one, by the way, a one that's shorter, if you prefer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this was this was gorgeous. I loved, I loved in that first line, the linnet wings, and then in the, the end of the first stanza, a light of a goddess. Oh, it's just so gorgeous. Like, just tender and beautiful imagery and then I loved how the poem played with like warm and cold feelings and that the final couplet the fire the fire and desire and that final couplet just stood out so much from the rest of the poem because of like that strong like warm imagery con- contrasting with the rest of it I thought it was I thought that was really cool I thought it was really well done I just want to let you know we still got a little over a half hour left in the show so we're going to be fine uh, you can read this one. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> okay. right. Oh, goodness. So um, I was reading about Sylvia Plath, and she had a dream about Marilyn Monroe. 
And when I read that Sylvia had dreamed of Marilyn, I just I could not wait to get back to my laptop and write about it. So this is when really? Sylvia dreamed of Marilyn. <laughs> Sylvia hides her belt jars in dark corners so I can never find them. Every night she plucks dreams, ripping roots of feathers from the flesh, leaving the poultry pink and raw, each feathered dream tugged and tweezed, sword beloved in a bell jar, in some dark corner. So on my knees I crawl the edges, creeping in sawdust of legends chiseled faceless, until I find this bottle right here, tiny and glass bun, corked with pills and doozy bubbles, for this jar holds the dream of Marilyn. Marilyn, priestess of sugar plums, a rare bird of golden bare skin, voice of syrup and swollen ankles. Her breath is worshipped, her devotees oiled in holy peroxide, taking the sacrament of red toenail polish and little white pills. Yet in the dream, Marilyn had no curse, fairy godmother bouncing free of the drinks, and she held Sylvia's hand, soft and smoldering. She did some breath work, inhales and exhales, long, slow, champagne-scented breaths warm. And in the cozy warmth of her breath, they manicured their fingers, woman's fingers, once two girls, whose minds were branded with iron daddies and prosperous ecosystems just out of reach, whose bodies blossomed the curves of proof, the symmetry in the face and breast, like a bullhorn, outshouting all the art in these fingers, overshadowing the life stream. They licked each other's paws like exotic cats, and the thrill of warm breath must have kept the ice from freezing between the toenail polish and curlers, between invitations to holiday parties. It's hard to imagine that neither spoke of the pall or the reaper, of electric shocks or curling up in the cellar or throwing clothes off the roof or the starvation, that daily slaying of eyes, those eyes of men and critics, the blue flannel suits, you know, salesmen stuttering of spread legs, chipping a little flesh with each view of the pig seeing witchcraft in every wink and the skeletal crime of it all. Yet they did not gasp or weep for gas or love or other invisible things. No, the doomed goddesses sat deathless, simply painting fingernails, gossiping of parties and hairstyles and salons. Silly women, you may think, ignoring the piss and grunt, flouting the black cancer, that tumor sprouting black-rooted hairs. Oh, how they'd laugh and hoot at your pale judgment blind. So there you are, next to me, on your knees in the dust, searching the edges and corners for another jar. End poem. Mm, wow. Wow. What a, what an amazing, amazing... Oh, this is just yeah, purely really. amazing. Yeah, the, 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 the way you pulled, pulled us straight into that dream was absolutely fantastic you know you know as you were as you were reading it i swear i had candle in the wind and uh, in my head so um so that was yeah that that absolutely blew me away dave what do you think oh yeah i agree with everything you said jay uh that was a, it was like watching a movie uh when she was reading this you know i I just, it just it was the undertow of it, you know, just pulled me right in there. And, uh, I, you know, Southern Place is one of my favorite poems anyway. And uh, I've always been a Marilyn Monroe fan because, you know, I'm old and, and 
who she was famous when I was younger. Um, and uh, the the storyline in this is just priceless, just priceless. Um, Sticky has such a nice way of using words and, and describing things and weaving a storyline around the words that she does use. And, um, God, this was just, this was just absolutely uh, classic storytelling. And um, I'm going to read it again. In fact, I, I think I'll put it on my front page on my poet, on my site. <laughs> well done. Well oh, done thank you, you Dave. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Raz, what'd you, you think? I had not actually heard of this story of uh, Sylvia Blath having the dream in Marilyn Monroe. It's there in the author's note, a real diary entry of which she had written. And so uh, this poet finding the information period in order to uh, write the piece shows an extensive amount of uh, research knowledge to make it all possible. What she does with the, the actual entry and then describing what it must have been like that had they both uh, reached in a dreamlike state, some form of heaven prior to their deaths. What's tragic of both personalities is, of course, the suicides, and uh, that of which none of us will ever forget historically what was responsible for Plath and Monroe is a self-inflicted wound of feeling somehow alienated by uh, the opposite sex. And uh, in that, they're kind of a testament of uh, the earlier parts of the feminine movement. Thank you so much, Rob. And last, let me get a comment from Frank. Well, this is, uh, for me, this is a reminiscence of what I knew of Sylvia Plath. Uh, she had a tormented life. She was a fantastic, brilliant writer, but she had a tormented life, and she couldn't overcome the depression and suicidal nature of her, of her experience in life, fortunately, married and so be it, her personal life. You did an excellent job here of conveying that uh, particular dream, the episode, the sequence, which is so captured masterfully in this, in, in this narrative here. Uh, I find it so surreal. Yet, at the same time, I was able to gravitate to the metaphors here. I was gravitating to the narrative. Just the way you just, the, the natural cadence and flow, the way you just let it flow and flow and flow. You know, I didn't really care about the length, you know, because it made no difference to me. You just brought it in, to the forefront of what you were conveying, and that that is so haunting when you when you, when you try to describe a dream of someone else's and try to put it into a poem and what you yourself can convey out of what that person was conveying to a dream. Fantastic piece. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, we're going to uh, have a little treat now, folks. Um. And uh, what I want to do is just sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy this. It's a little something from Pupil called Mosaic.
Love swings both ways, fall flings, oh bouquets, and I buzz my tipsy and maybe find a little could be and pollinate a spring. And take a bee's knee till the snow day wake from his green dream with a charred wing, then the lark learns what a spark brings. When the flame burns, everything is heart fiends. It's a dark heart, then again the moon beams. Night feed the beast, two backs face east when the day's release. Don't blame it on the rain if he can't sing. Any praying first bell be the last ring. Is this a curse or worse worth the damn thing, nurse? Lift him with another hurts of morphine. Kiss him with that number nine groove thing. Shower, fuck, I make him wanna come clean. Power struggle, take him where the rubber meet the mean street spirit. Don't get it, nope, go near it. We all need the dope, but nobody wants a needle sting. Stick it in, keep him with the love. Jones can't reap a home if you sow when the scheme low. No lady want a cool breeze when she got a fleece to hold and the ice to show. Boy, loving ahead of his time. The girl shattering sacrifice. Neither certain they made it right And girl You may lose his mind Cause boys tend not to draw that line Two mosaics, one satellite Mama gave, Papa gave, holidays, promenades. God bless the child with their own way to tolerate all the love, all the hate, all the bins, all the breaks given and taken and taken from cradle ways. Given to doggy days, lemons to lemonade. She go in places, she's taking it farther. We talking about worldly, the girls at the harbor. Shit, that's harder. Punch drunk in a slug bug blue. I hit it from the curb when I yell, fuck you. Fuck me, trust you. Wanna shoot straight, fool? Damn straight is the new perm. Curly bit to pay dues. Her TARDIS is my crude youth pardon the jargon. Surely who be fucking Dr. Ruth? We could talk it up at my apartment, but she preferred a park at a car full of bargaining and all truth. But what about that boy girl place? She said another time in relative dimension and space. Sensation and vacation, and we play in the diamonds that lay the ecstasy in space and focus on the relationship with a shout out to the heart to pumping all the percussion and keep on climbing out the clubs and bumping finer discussion. And while we getting naked, we gon' venerate it. Dumb as fuck, but we in love cause we all Twitter painted. Boy, you may lose her mind. Your girl breaking from sacrifice to mosaics, one satellite. And boy, broke your woman, broke your man, love your woman, love your man. Damn. There you go, folks. There's a little pupil bringing it. And, wow, did he ever bring it. That was absolutely <laughs> amazing. He, he, his talent is just so phenomenal. Uh, I, I just love it. Uh, I love the way he brings it. I love the way he just tears it up. Um, let me see. Dave, what did you think of that one? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I said before, I'm not much of a fan of rap, but um, the people that have been doing it here on all poetry or kind of changing my mind a little bit. I thought this was really well done. Um, the uh, storyline didn't get lost in a bunch of uh, Mickey Mouse uh, rhyme, uh, you know, attempts. Uh, it rhymed really well, and uh, it was uh, um, streamlined to the point where you could follow it, and it had a lot to say. Um I just thought it was a hell of a good deal, and and I enjoyed it. You know, I I found myself going, "Hey, this ain't bad." You know, good job, good job. Hey, Sticky, what'd you think? <laughs> oh my god, I thought that was so great. I thought that was so great. Okay, I really loved that. Like, 
even with the, the like incredible speed of the words coming at you, you know, the enunciation was so incredible. I really heard every single one of those words. It, it was really incredible. I don't yeah. know if my mouth, like if my mouth and tongue could do that, to be honest with you, you know, I, I don't that, think I could that, that was really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. And I really loved that, that refrain, the titular refrain that, that gives the title, the mosaic, the two mosaics, one satellite. Uh, I thought that's so interesting. Like the two individual people in the relationship as mosaics. And because isn't that just a perfect symbol for the complex, you know, psychological makeup of a person, two, two complex ass people trying to come together to make one relationship, one whole. And like, that is a really hard thing to do. And that one little phrase, two mosaics, one satellite, like captures it so well, you know, I thought that was great. I loved that. I loved that so much. And the whole thing was just enjoyable to listen to as well. You know, the music, Mm -hmm. it it was, it was pleasant, you know? Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm going to try tapping into Boo here a little bit. Boo, do you want to say anything about that? <laughs> of course I do. That's my poetic crush, you know. And uh, <laughs> he's so talented. And, I, you know, like you said, you can understand everything he says. Everything is relevant. He does his homework. He knows what's going on in society. He knows what's up with the poetry. I know that he spends endless hours doing this. He's a perfectionist. And um, he's entertaining and he's funky and he's just honest and, and you know, poetic. And, and he gets the music right. Everything goes right with his – I love his um, notes and his musical, um, how he sets it all up. I think he does a great job and he's relevant. And, he, and you can understand him because today I can't understand all the mumble rap bullshit I don't even know what they're saying, you know. He's clear and understandable, and he's badass. Right he's on, manager right he's on. Really awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let Frank <laughs> have a lot of say on it, and I'm going to put Frank's piece on the board so Frank can read and Boo can hear. <laughs> well, he made me think of oh, my, two in a row. my day. He made me think of my days as a player in a club, just hearing those beats there. Uh, it brought me back into those days. I mean, it was a great beat. Great. I have overall enjoyed I agree with Pooh. I think he's got a, a fantastic way of, ex- of expression. And when you get to rap music, you have to have a, not just the flow. You have to have the great metaphor. And you have to have a sequence of writing where you can just, just fall in into that, that beat. Because putting lyrics, music, that's difficult. But when you try to get it together and just get that, you can tell he's got experience, and, and that's a good thing. That's what makes this type of poetry good, because he's able, or lyrics, um, I'm, I'm assuming that it's uh, more of a musical thing. This is what I find more more uh, about his poetry, is that he's able to just get the essence of what the lyrics are with the words and stuff. It was a great piece. I mean, he had me going, I mean. Like I said, it made me think of so many moments that I, I'm not going to get into, but overall, it was a great piece. All right. Frank, you are up. All right. Uh, let me just give some caution to the wind in this poem. Uh, I, I don't want to imply here anything that has to do with what the name of the title is. This is just basically, uh, first of all, it's a request. It's a friend who requested poem. So it's the only reason why I'm doing the poem. Uh, and this has to do, there's a lot of overtures to this poem, so I hope you don't get lost in just the name of the poem. But it goes like mm-hmm. this. It calls the oblique. I am the ominous manifestation of a fucking psychosis. A vigorous infatuation of chaotic hypnosis. Immersed in those aphotic corridors of perdition. 
and the pair of prophetic animals of desolate volition. Imperceptible phantoms of sacral delirium, nexus to millions of emperors of imperium, proprietor of the hideous colosseums of cadavers, master of the detestable nefarious enslaver, infractuous calamities and inscrutable plague, mactation of disappearances, maledictions vague, stigmata suicides and anachronous exorcism, massacres of the vacuity of a variant dogism. By the vortex of an inferno I was then propagated and expelled to the Hades of inquisitors castigated as a vicious blasphemer and corrupter of humanity, arbiter and the execution of a realm of insanity, a creditor, the debtor of the myriad of founders, adjudicator of great nations, rapacious founders, commander, supreme ruler of a tenebrous legions, marching centrally to those imprisoned regions, I, for best of uses, patronly because of the immortal, from an inconspicuous inception and revolving portal, I rule upon my atop this throne in glorious universe. For I am immortal as the perfidious wars I intersperse. Jerusalem uttered my name. Persepolis uttered my name. Rome uttered my name. Medina <laughs> uttered my name. Shen. Daiba, Yabri, Iblis, I am your fucking psychosis. <laughs> End of oh, that is great. That is absolutely that is great. Man, I am glad you're here, Frank, because I believe I could never have read that. <laughs> I'm glad that you decided to call in, and I'm glad I'm glad you did. I would have tried my damnedest, but you know what? Some of those words are just beyond me. I I do love the the absolute um, apocalyptic feel behind this poem because that that is what it feels. It feels like the death of it all eventually going to going to happen, and it feels like the ending of it all. And uh, the way you brought it, you know, you're talking about those those uh, those places, Jerusalem. Uh, Persepolis, Rome, Medina, all those places right there. Um, you know, you're you're talking about. Uh, I, I think I think I felt an end time vibe to this whole thing, and I, I loved it. Um, well, Dave, that. Dave, what did you think? Oh man, thanks for calling on me. I I was just uh, I was just fascinated with this. Uh, the rhyme and meter of it. Is, Perfect, you know, and um, I, I like the uh, the quatrains the way they're broken up, uh, you know, in one, two, three, four, five, and 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 that way. And um, uh, I possess no useless patronomic of the mere mortal, <laughs> and from an inconspicuous inception and revolving portal. God, I, it just the way this is put together is just fascinating. I mean, it's just runs like a, a Swiss watch, you know, and so, um, uh, God, it's so uh, diabolical almost, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it really got a hold of my uh, my uh, attention, and um, I, I didn't have any trouble following it. I thought, 
Frank did an outstanding job of reading this, and I agree with you, Jay. I could not have read this poem the way he did. No way in hell. So, really, really, really good. good job. I, I actually really wrote this. Job. I was in my I was in my bathtub one of these days, and I actually wrote this. And I said to myself, I came up with this intellectual, uh, how would I say, uh, poetry that I did, and it just just this these metaphors just came out of my 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 mind. My mouth so naturally, and I just spin them the way I could, and all these. Mo- There's times where I have uh, brain, my brain. It's just one is. It's 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 not a usual brain in a sense because uh, I'm an intellect, and I have a lot of uh, thoughts that just intersperse from one thought to another. And here, what I did, I just let the flow of my my brain just let go and let what was the thoughts and these metaphors, and I just grasped onto them, and I came with like ten of these types of poems that I created. You see at the bottom of the notes. You see all these other poems that I created that are very similar in, in metaphors mm. and in structure. Like this poem. It no, just cool. was a bin. I was on, I was on a bin, <laughs> and it took me to this, this type of poems. Well, it was really awesome. good. Yeah, it was really good. Awesome. Oh, hey, Boo, let's see what Boo thought about it. Boo. I wanted to hear what Sticky yeah. said, if you could hear it before. Yeah, do Sticky oh, first get me. Sticky first. Now, Boo, you're first, and then... We're going to have Sticky, because I'm going to have Sticky read the next poem, and then Boo, if you can read the poem after Sticky. How many more we got, Jay, because I got to go. Well, I okay. definitely Frank. want to put those I definitely want to put those two in there. So what do you, what do you think of Frank's poem? I mean, I don't know. I see a lot of, I see a lot of um, sensuality in here um, and a lot of ominous manifestations of fucking psychosis. I love I love the psychosis part of it. I love the manic feel of it. I think, I mean, the intensity of it is really, really great. I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about because I'm kind of just like, I'm at work and I'm all busy right now, but I will read it and comment later, but I loved it. All right. I am going to let uh, Sticky have the last say on that, and then we're going to uh, uh, have her read the next poem for us. Sticky, what do you think? I thought this was incredible, and I think it, I laughed out loud when Boo said she's like, I found it kind of erotic. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course she does. Because <laughs> I thought that it was like a poem from the voice of Satan himself. I mean, it would have scared the bejesus out of Saul. That's what, that's one thing I kept thinking too. And, but it's just so, okay. I love that. It's so, it's so elegant and like stylish and graceful and like um, alluring, you know, I do see what Boo meant by that, but the fact that it's about, that makes such an interesting contrast with the subject matter, you know? And I, and I loved that, the, the timelessness of it that this demon or Satan himself maybe yeah. has been there yeah. forever through all great civilizations that have come and gone and he is the ultimate like what 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 was it? It was um the corrupter of humanity. <laughs> that was <laughs> and I was wondering at the end, the shed and Diva, Diaboli, Iblis, Iblis, are those fallen angels or are those Different no, names these are all. These are all. They are. They are all names. For example, Shed is Jewish, Daiva is Persian, uh, Diaboli is Latin, and Iblis is Arabic. They're all names to what is Satan. So, if you want to call it that. That's really cool. And so, like saying that Satan is a force 
beyond our little like religious divisions. That it is the this, key, like dark force. The key is in that that really whole that 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 beginning of that first line and that last line is the whole poem right there. I'm your fucking psychosis. Mm-hmm. That's I'll end it with <laughs> that right there. Uh, I've got to go now. You got to. I've got to run. Now. You got to understand that uh, Boo thinks uh, fucked up things are erotic. So <laughs> there you go. No, that's a problem. <laughs> I'm not. I'm that's not going to sweat on that. I, I. I. I can understand. Frank, why are you psychosis? I want to know why you're psychosis, Frank. There. No, I'm saying <laughs> this. Uh, we don't have time for now to get into that, but uh, okay, tell me later. that okay, is got it. that. That's the essence of the poem right there. That's what the message of the poem is. I mean, if you ever wonder what a psychosis it is. It sounds like you're psychotic with lust. That's how it sounds to me. I don't know. But... There's, there's more to the <laughs> poem than just what it stands for. If you really get into what psychosis is and what I'm trying to refer to, I'm referring to more than just myself. My, I, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with what – I'll just leave it to that. Uh, I don't want to take more of the time. Right. Uh, I just want to say – uh, uh, Jay, I want to say thank you. Um, I'm off. I've, I've got to run now. I've got another invite. To okay. Go, but I want to thank you. Thank you. I'll see you another time. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. And uh, Sticky, if you could read um, Angel for us. Lovely, po- awesome poem, Frank. Okay. This is Sundays with You by Heavenly Angel. Some things, some people you just never forget. Underestimated how much I would miss riding with him. Ah, life. Don't know if he's all right, but I pray every day that he is. A moment doesn't pass that I don't think of him. Pray for him. You never realize how much you miss someone until they're gone. Bye. Writing of my thoughts has been therapeutic, so I get to relive the past and share my thoughts of today. The time seems to stop when I'm lost in my verse. Hope mixed in with a little heart in every line. You will see that this acrostic is also a title of to our collapse, one that I love so very much because it felt serene. Until we meet again, my easy friend. Take care. Miss you. And poem. This was a wonderful, wonderful um, tribute. Uh, to a person that I know she loves to write with. I think, my, you know what, my favorite line, and, and this may be weird, and this may be strange to someone, but I think it just captures everything and brings it all together. And that's the line that simply says, sigh. Because that is in life what we do often. We just can't do anything but breathe. We can't do anything but kind of hope and there's no words for what we have to go through. No words what we have to do. So I think that that is a, a brilliant little way to put it. Now, Raz, what did you think about that? Yeah, this is not the usual right I read from a Heavenly Angel. But sentimental pieces on love of the last year. She's becoming reflective on the loss of someone who you found dear, whether a family member or a friend. And it's one that you can reflect on Sunday mornings and just 
wonder whether or not there's a heaven, and will you really uh, see them again there? Wonderful comment. And um, Sticky, you read it. What did you think? I thought this was so beautiful and, like, a really interesting tribute to someone who might never read it because she says it's for someone who uh, has not been on the site for six months now and just wondering where that person's gone. And it occurred to me that how that must happen when you're on the site for a long time. I've only been here for a few months, despite how it seems. I don't really engage all that much, you know what I mean? Dave is like like a friend on here, you know? But like <laughs> really I don't like like make friends on here like some people do. You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. people really do and I can see that compared to other social media that lends itself to such fakery. Poetry is not fake. People share their genuine selves here, and I think the connections they make might therefore be more genuine, too. That honestly never occurred to me, and that's what I was writing in my little message to Heavenly Angel, because, like, it really opened my eyes to that. Like, that really is unique about LP, uh, or about AP in general, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting poem that made me think a whole bunch of thoughts beyond just what the words said. Yeah, beautiful. Excellent comment, excellent. And Dave, I'm going to let you have the last comment on this. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, I agree with what Sticky said about it. Uh, and she's absolutely right. You know, people that are on all poetry, um, you know, there's more truth in what they say than, like, on Facebook. Or, you know, and, and there's more uh, meaning in, in what's shared, you know, back and forth between friends and and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, uh, this is beautiful. She she has a really lovely, gracious way of, of expressing her heart and, and telling the people around her how much she loves them and, and how they affect her and that sort of thing. And, and that's a real gift that she has. And um, I thought this was beautiful. Um, I've been on this site for almost six years now, and I've seen people come and go. I, I, I lost uh, a dear friend, a couple of them, that died, and, and it makes you, 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 you really feel a sense of loss from, from this because, uh, like, like Sticky said, it, you formed some really good friendships because of the honesty that's in the poetry here. And, and you know, people put their hearts out with their words and stuff, and it's not just bullshit. It's not like what you bought at the store off of Facebook or some crap like that. It's it's the real deal. It's it's what's really going on in a person's heart and soul, and um, you form uh, you form uh, friendships around that, and uh, that's kind of what this poem said to me anyway. Beautiful, wonderful, wonderful comment. Yeah. Um, okay, Boo, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you know, I agree with Dave. Like everybody, you know, you meet people on your. I've had a couple friends die too, a couple friends leave, a couple friends, you know, love, whatever. Um, but the bond is, of poet poetry is something special and something that should be cherished. And, and I thought she brought that out well. So I thought it was beautiful. Mm, I agree. Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, Boo, can you read read or not? You you have the ability to read one. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, before I read, I want to give my thanks because we're going to be losing everybody on the board. Well, I do want to remind everybody that we have a contest running for our anniversary, which is coming up on uh, Halloween. Uh, it's our two-year anniversary for um, uh, La Cosa Nostra Radio. And we are giving away a gold membership and a silver membership. So please enter. Uh, anybody's welcome to enter. And we're looking forward to reading what you guys have to say to us. Boo, remind me once again what it's about. All right, I'll tell them tomorrow. Hello? Sorry? What? Boo, what, what, what's the contest about? What's the theme? Oh, um... <laughs> I forget. Appreciation or something like that. Appre- yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> acceptance. Acceptance. That's I'm, it. That, like 20 okay. fucking trying to get medication out of me. Drive me fucking nuts. Sorry. Okay. No problem, Boo. All right. Here's I'm going to give my thanks right now. Thank you for calling Sal, Raz, Wayne, Sin, Nick, Lizzie, Sticky, Dave, Patrick, Frank on the board, Irish, Bokar, Moon. Uh, Joseph Moon, Sheila, Rob, SLR, Angel, Titus, thank you for writing. Um, We're going to get a couple more in here, and then anybody who hasn't been read, we're going to bring you over to Tuesday and see you at our house on Tuesday. So, uh, Boo, I'm going to let I'm going to give you a break. I'm not going to I'm not going to make you uh, make you a read. Okay, I will I'll read this one. And but Boo, thank you for all you do. You're the heart and soul. And remember okay. Tuesday, Rock with Randall, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's on duets, either your favorite duet or write a duet with someone else. And then Wednesday, it's our house at at noon Eastern. So she's been on the phone on hold the entire time. So I'm gonna go ahead and read "The Death" by Irish Scott. And it goes like this. The stench, that smell, I know so well. I can never forget, no matter how hard I try, the stench of death. It always lingers everywhere. In the thoughts and memories, in the nightmares, never will I forget the cold lifelessness of your body as it lays in the pool of blood, your blood. That emptiness as they lowered the casket six feet under to never be seen or spoken of again by those who were supposed to love and cherish you. End poem. Yeah, Irish. This is this was written a couple of years ago. She said, and. Um, I've gotten to know Irish a little bit on the site and just talking to her and all the stuff that goes through her life. She, it's not an easy life. I know. Um, but, uh, she's, she's our bartender folks and she serves them up well. So, <laughs> so definitely, uh, <laughs> ask you for that drink, but, uh, this is amazing. Irish, um, the, the pure raw emotion that you put, in this piece just absolutely is so gripping and so just grabs a hold of you. Uh, Dave, what do you think? 
Oh, man, uh, this was really powerful, really powerful. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's exactly uh, what happens a lot of the time, you know. It just depends on who's in the casket, I suppose. But, um, you know, never will I forget the cold lifelessness of your body as it lays in the pool of blood, your blood. That's pretty telling right there, those two words. Uh, that emptiness as they lowered the casket six feet, I'm never to never be seen or spoken of again by those who are supposed to love and cherish you. That's uh, that last uh, four lines in there, uh, pretty hair, pretty heavy. Uh, you know, it's uh, it makes you think. You know, when somebody's lowered into the ground, uh, sometimes we come and put flowers on their grave, and then sometimes. You go up to these cemeteries, you don't see anything on there, and the grave's almost overgrown and stuff, and, and it makes you wonder about that person and, and what they left behind, too. This poem, uh, you know, rattled loose a whole bunch of thoughts for me as you were reading it, and uh, it, it's uh, real thought-provoking. Good job. I agree. I agree 100%. Raz, what do you think? Yeah, there's a kind of uh, emphatic notion here with the title of meaning the death. It's just absolute of what the poet's going to describe, a death of which uh, you have to use capital letters. And so this could be anyone's death, anyone's loss of blood, and anyone who in those uh, final moments would uh, actually symbolize a love that never dies. Amazing, amazing um, comment, Raz. This was about her twin. Uh, like I said, she wrote this a couple of years ago. So this is um, just a pure and honest and emotional piece. And um, what did you think... Um, Sticky. Yeah, I thought this was really like those final lines, damn, like beyond the actual depth and the experience of seeing the body and the blood and the smell of it, to never be seen or spoken of again by those who are supposed to love and cherish you. Whoa. I don't know. That was really, that was haunting. That was really, really a haunting, haunting way to end the poem. Already haunting poem. You know what I mean? But that like took Mm -hmm. it up a notch. That was, I don't know, really, really intense. I loved that ending. And I loved just those, the little shortest lines, just the very shortest lines are like nightmares, memories, blood, blood, love and cherish. And like the contrast of that to me is like, beautiful that's what my eye is drawn to when i just consider the poem as a whole and i look at the poem as a whole i see blood blood love and cherish and that's i thought that was really really cool too <laughs> yeah i agree i agree with you amazing comments everybody all right um let's move on to the next one let me see who's still on board um yeah go ahead boo Oh, we just lost her. Darn it. <laughs> she wanted to comment, and we just lost her. 
All right. Um, and she's Kate, not do you mind if I just say good night real quick? I'm I'm so sorry. I thought the show was only two hours, and my family's been patiently waiting for dinner, so I have to run. But thank you guys <laughs> so much for having me tonight. This is so no fun. No problem. See you, Steph. <laughs> Bye, Dave. <laughs> She's an amazing woman. She is. No, no problem. No problem. Thought I was going to drop this time, Jay. I decided to stay the whole way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Actually, let me see. What what do we do here? I think we're going to save everything for for our house and just call it it a night. And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and play a little bit of Boo going out. Let me see what we got. All right. Set up. Good deal. Yeah, like I said, it's been an amazing, amazing show. We got very, we don't have that many people left, but I'm glad that everybody out in the world is listening to us. And let's put on, oh, okay, let's do a little uh, Gloria Gaynor. How about that? All right. Here's Boo doing a little Gloria Gaynor.
is uh, this has been Open Poetry on Lacosa Nostra Radio, and this is JCA signing off. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we love you all. You're all our family. Take care. <laughs>